everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, brought to you by HypeBot.com. As always, lots of love to Bruce and everybody over at HypeBot for yeah. everything they do to support uh, support the podcast. We love him. Um, so, Jay, today we have a special guest with us. We do. We have uh, Katie Gostini. Am I pronouncing that last name right, Katie? Guastini. Nobody can Guastini. There we go. Well, <laughs> Very now I know. <laughs> All right. Katie Guastini is joining us, and she has her own company called um, Blue Biscuit, uh, which is memorable. And I'm sure that's why you so picked where, that. So yeah, where did the name Blue Biscuit come from? Did you like yeah. have, have a biscuit, and you looked, and it's like, oh, my God, there's blue mold on it? Great name. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm from North Carolina, and after moving to L.A. for 10 years, I, I have to keep that a part of me. So um, I love alliterations, and biscuits are a big part of the South and my life. And so <laughs> Blue Biscuit, here we go. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Katie has her own company uh, that I've recently uh, become aware of and um, and talked to Katie a little bit about. And, and I'll let Katie talk about this in greater detail. But basically, Katie kind of helps people with their social strategy. And that encompasses a lot of things. And, and, and again, I'll let Katie talk about that. But I think these days it's really crucial. And Michael, you and I talk about this almost every week how you know you have to have a plan and you have to execute that plan and you have to be smart about looking at your data and there's just so many things it's not just buy my album see my show posting and it's not just you know Michael and I have seen artists that just have bands in town you know posts on their socials you know it's it's got to be uh, a relationship and, and communication is that right yeah, I mean, I always kind of say 70% helpful content. So that can mean different things for different companies. But for artists, it's lyrics, behind the scenes, things that kind of build that relationship and are fun to see. And then maybe 10%, uh, 20% curated, and then 10% marketing. And, and everyone kind of gets really shocked when I say only 10% of your post should be straight up marketing. But when you're thinking about when you're scrolling through your social media channels, is that what you want to see? Um, so it's definitely a balance, and that does take a lot of planning and testing, kind of figuring it out. But the plan is important. It's You're right. You know, I feel like people need to realize there has to be a reason for what you're posting. Mm-hmm. Um, too many people, and it's and it's odd that you... I would say this in 2018 for as long as as social media has been around, but I still think there's a lot of people who think they just post for the point of posting. Yeah. I'm supposed to post. It, rem- I it, you know, post it, rem- it reminds me, I mean, I, I built my first website back in 1995, so that really dates me. But back then, it was the same thing of businesses like, I don't know why I'm building a website. I just got to. I don't know what I'm doing with it. I don't know what it's doing. I don't know how I'm using it, but I'm supposed to have a website. And I feel like social media and and online marketing is sort of in that that stage right now. People are like, well, it's not going away. I know I need to be there. So I'm just going to do it. What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. (laughs) 
Yeah, and actually Jenny and I talked about that yesterday where a lot of artists come to me and they're like, all right, let's get up on Snapchat. And I heard Pinterest is good, so let's do Pinterest and Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> and I have to reel them back in and say, whoa, 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 we don't have enough content for that. I don't think you need to be there. Your your you know aesthetic does not work on Snapchat. And let's just focus on our top three and just kind of reeling everyone back in. <laughs> and, and, and you're right about the content thing because, you know, I, I always tell people I like I follow like sort of an 80 20 rule, same, same, same breakdown right. as yours. And I go, so when you think about that, if 20% of your content is selling your album and you only make two posts a week, how are you going to do that? Right. That, that just illustrates that if you want to do two posts a week to sell your, your album, then you need to do eight other posts just this exactly. week that are nothing else. And now they start going, whoa. Now, where am I coming up with eight more posts? All I wanted to do was sell my album. And, and then when you start saying, well, you know, you can really do more than just 10 posts a week if you really want to be effective. You know, when you get into Twitter and Instagram and everything else, you could be like, you know, you can do like three, four, five tweets a day. And, exactly. And they're like, where's all this coming from? Well, and not only that, those eight other posts have to be very good. Yes. You can't just post, again, for the sake of posting and throw up a blurry photo because it's Monday and you don't have a post for today. They have to be good or you're going to lose uh, your followers. You're going to lose your, your fan base. Yeah. How important is it for you to get clients to create a calendar? Um, incredibly important. Um, I actually, I run a Facebook group and a lot of people are social media managers in it. And, uh, one of the comments that always sticks out to me was somebody was like, your client asked you to post this link today. Don't you know that we have the next month plot out? It throws everything off of whack, um, down to, <laughs> you know, the, the grid on, uh, the grid aesthetic on Instagram down to, well, we just did an, a post like this yesterday and then we have one scheduled for tomorrow. So now we have to rearrange all that. So having a calendar and just knowing that you can get ahead of it, you know, what you need to gather, you know, what, what tweaks you need to make. It's so important. It's just it lays everything out for you. I, 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 you know, we've we've said calendars are so important. I, I sort of look at it as it takes the pressure off of you. So you don't wake up and go, oh, my God, it's Monday morning. What am I doing today? Well, yeah. you know what? I spent last week gathering everything I need for the next month. And and it's all there. If if there's nothing important that happens, you've at least got content to be active because of your calendar but i also stress that you can't be so tied to your calendar that you aren't flexible because as, as, as we as, as three of us know when it comes to music um i'll wake up today and oh my god somebody did an amazing media piece on you that we didn't know was coming right. and now we need to jump on it if you're so tied to a calendar that you're like well my next available post is a week from Friday, I'm like, right. but this rigid, is happening right? today. Yeah, you you need you need to understand that things have to change. Your yeah. calendar, your calendar, so to speak, is always if nothing else happens for the next month. Yeah, that's a perfect way. To you're it. covered. You're covered. You don't have to do anything, but things are going to happen over the next month. So be flexible enough to drop a post out or adjust the times or. 
you know, it's not going to kill anybody if you made two Facebook posts in one day. You know, just right. don't, don't make the two posts back to back. Spread them out. Right. Or yeah. even skip a day. That's something I come across a lot where something we had anticipated just didn't work out. And I'll have, you know, artists and management freaking out because we're not going to get a post out and it's Monday. And that's also okay. Obviously it not sure ideal. Is. But if you need to skip something, again, we just don't want to post for the sake of posting. It's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, better post something relevant. And if you don't have something relevant, better to not post than post something crappy, right? Right. And, you know, I, I'd love to talk to you about some of the things that where you see people that are doing it right. Like every now and then I run across somebody. Like the other day, um, uh, there's this band, Ranky Tanky, and they got on the cover of this magazine and they posted, you know, like one photo, like a 1080 by 1080 square, but it had all of the band members like reading the magazine with that cover and making faces. And I just thought that was so cute and so different. I hadn't seen that. And I love following people like, you know, Alice Cooper because it's a lifestyle. You know, he's showing you haunted houses and he's showing you yeah. hot rod cars, you know, from the Munsters or whatever. And man, although I, w I, I will question if that's really Alice Cooper doing that. OK, well, whether <laughs> Ser it is ser ser not, seriously, okay, fair uh, but, but, you know, but what I will say is whoever's doing his social media probably understands his audience exactly. to realize they're interested in stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, and that's and Katie will use the voice, I would imagine. There are certain artists that want to post things the way that they want them and will give you the verbiage and all of that. And then there's other people where, and, and you can speak to this better than I can, Katie, but where you kind of learn their voice and you're like, they trust me now. I can post things in their voice where it doesn't come off as Sally and it doesn't come off as odd. What I was saying about, you know, like Alice or Ranky Tanky was that made me stop when I was going through my feed and look at it and go, and now that's another impression, right? And it doesn't always have to be buy my album, see my show, buy my album, see my show. This is like, oh yeah, Alice Cooper. Well, guess what? And then a little bit later on, I get this thing from Alice Cooper where he's doing a show with Ace Fraley. And it was just like another impression. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, I may, maybe I'll go see that. You know what I mean? So I guess the, that was a long-winded way of asking you, do you see people that are doing it right where you're going, yes, bravo. Yeah, actually, that's so funny. I just uh, kind of curated some of my favorites about a week ago. Um, there's a, a small artist named Bank from New Zealand. He, I think he's under 10,000 followers or around it, but he does social better than any artist I, I can even think of. He has, really? Yes, he has like a maybe a $1,000 DSLR and he takes it on tour. And it seems so obvious that if you're an artist and you're going all these places, you have so many content opportunities. So obviously take some photos, but he updates his stories. He poses. I, I know one time he was in California, he had a car and was eating like in and out on top of the car and the contrast was really high and it was kind of hazy and it was so California. Yeah. And it was just cool to look at. I mean, even it's, it's one of those accounts, which is um, something I often say to clients, you kind of want people to follow you because they like the content, whether or not they like your music. Yes. Of course, that's the end goal is to of convert course. to fans. But his photos are just so pretty that you would follow it and then become a fan of the music later. It's, what's it's he, perfect. What's he, his name is Bank? Yes, B-A-Y-N-K. I want to so check it out. It's bank official. You know, right. and, yeah. and, and what, what you described is, is the concept of... Um, you know, people want to buy you before they buy your product. Absolutely. So, yeah. so they want to, they want to learn who you are as a person. They want 
That and that, and that's how as a as a fan you might find something that you connect with at a personal level. Oh my god, exactly. the guy loves the same thing I love. I have to now check out the music. You know, I couldn't agree with you more, Michael. Remember, we had Seth Godin on the on the show, and he he said something that I always think about, and that is, people like us do things like this. People like us do things like this. And when once you become a brand, or you become a lifestyle, or you're aspirational, or whatever it is, I follow some of these artists because I identify with them. You know, it's like. And, and I think what you're describing is bigger. You don't have to necessarily sell to somebody. Once people identify with you, the rest is going to happen organically. Absolutely. It is. It's building the personal relationship, which is what social really is. If you think about it, it's it's a back and forth and, and they get to see a part of you that they didn't, you know, before social media existed. Um, and I think that's what I try to always bring into my content is that little personal touch or awesome. talking to somebody, not at somebody. Um, I I wrote an article a few months ago, and let me get your your take on this. You know, content calendars obviously are important, but everybody seems to talk about it around, you know, I need a calendar for my album release, for my tour that's coming up, for the video promotion. But a lot of what we described and, and a content calendar becomes very helpful when you have none of that happening. Yes. And and every every too. single artist out there understands when you say, you know, your your album cycle, your tour cycle, your downtime. You know, you want to appear busy, but you may be on holiday for the next three months because you've just toured the world, you just finished an album, and you know what? You're not you just can't do anything. There is no activity. So how important does a calendar become to fill in those gaps? in career that, activity. That is the most important time to have a calendar because that's where you're really figuring out what you can post. Uh, that's where my, my little friend repurposing content comes in handy. Um, so uh, I, I don't love doing throwbacks just because it's kind of the easy way out and everyone kind of does it. But there's a, you know, hey, this holiday is happening. Um, let's, this photo from our show two years ago totally aligns with that because we're wearing, you know, it's National French Fry Day and we're wearing a National French Fry t-shirt. Let's post that. Um, I also really like serializing content. So every Monday we post a lyric that I've handwritten or every Tuesday is a quick little shout out to a fan. Um, and then the, it just becomes so much easier to manage because you know what you're looking for. Um, and, and that can kind of really help fill in that downtime. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of hopefully the artist will have an idea of when a downtime might be, you know, mm -hmm. six months from now. And, oh, you know, we kind of think it might be 30 days or it could be three months or whatever <clears> it is. And as you're gathering content during high peak activity, all of these photos from the tour and everything else, um, to not post a hundred percent of that stuff. Yes. You know, there, and again, we've all seen this where an artist is like, they're great at taking photos, but unfortunately they also take 50 photos at a show and then post 50 photos the next day mm -hmm. on Facebook. And you're like, you know, you really could have only posted six of them had the same impact and had 44 other photos in your content library to use six months yeah. from now yes. when nothing's yeah. happening. It's new content. It was never seen before, and you can share that. 
That is yeah. a social media marketer's nightmare. Every time I see that, I'm just like, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, just, you just lost three months. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You didn't need to share 50 photos <laughs> no. all in one album. You could have yep. you could have posted one photo a day to build up an album sure. of, of yeah. 50 photos. Yeah. And you yeah. touched on something a second ago, Katie, um, repurposing, which I think some people, you know, it, it gets a bad rap. As you know, you know, when you're posting on socials, only a certain percentage of your base is going to see those posts initially. You know, they see them in their feed. A lot of people don't necessarily go to your Facebook page and scroll through everything, you know, that you posted, right? right? And, you know, I know we're all big fans of boosting posts, geo-targeting things, being smart with that. But I think repurposing is really smart. And, and I've seen this happen with campaigns where you run a campaign and then if it's still relevant, you run the campaign again, you know, maybe with some other updates and with some better tags and verbiage and things like that. Do you find that repurposing using material more than once is a smart play? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It does get a bad rep, but it's repurposing, not reposting. So that could literally mean taking a still from a video from two years ago and, and creating a new piece of content. Um, and also if it's, you know, if it's something you don't want to repost from something a, a month ago, but if it's something that was really, it performed really well and it's been long enough, um, just as a consumer, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I, I would look at that and say, oh, I remember that, or I, I do remember this post. That was awesome. So I, I do think it's an art form and there's there's so many different ways to repurpose, um, but it's it's needed. And sometimes I would I would almost go as far just as to say it's a waste if you don't. It's a waste of good content. It 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 is. And you know, a couple things to keep in mind. Hopefully, you're constantly growing your fan base online. Mm -hmm. So if you've posted that six months ago, in the last six months, hopefully you've got a few thousand more new fans who have come on board, and they probably never saw anything. I mean, yeah. I never go back and look. When I start following a band on Facebook, it's from this point forward. I'm never going all the way. I'm never going backwards to see what they did. Um, yeah. So it it's repurposed, but it's new. It's new exactly. to those people. And, and, you know, wasn't it years ago, I don't know, back in the 80s or 90s when, when Friends and Seinfeld was the big thing? NBC had a, a tagline. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Exactly. You know, exactly. so keep, right. keep that in mind, especially the way Facebook works, when we know you're lucky, you're lucky if 10% of the people who like yeah. your page saw it the first time you pro posted it. That means there's 90% of your audience who never saw it. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. brand new to them. And there's an algorithm on every channel now. And what the, the span of a tweet, the lifetime is about one minute. Um, with the new algorithm and Instagram, it's probably at max a week. So if you're smart about it, repurposing is, is fine and it's a good play. Yeah. How, how big are you at looking at the numbers behind, you know, whether it's, you know, Spotify insights or using a separate service, how, how much do you kind of dig into the data? I dig in very granularly and every day. Um, it's what tells you what your audience wants to see. It tells you who your audience is. Um, which a lot of people, everyone kind of knows you have to look at the data, but nobody really knows what to do with it to the point where I was working with a, a music festival mm -hmm. and they were telling me that most of their attendees were mostly male. 
And, you know, in five minutes, I went into audience insights on Facebook and was able to tell them that actually most of them were female and by a lot. And you might want to change your marketing messaging. Um, It it can guide your content, your messaging, what you post more of, what you post less of. It it literally it's a lifesaver. It tells you everything you need to know if you just look at it and look at it correctly. Which is hard. I do understand yeah. that too, but yeah, and it's it, time consuming. And and you just hit it on the head. I talk to a lot of clients who say, "Yeah, you know, I I looked into the data. You know, I don't really know what it means. You know, there's a ton of data out there, um, and there's a lot of services that provide data. the 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 key is you just touched on is knowing which data to look on and which is actionable. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing who your audience is is key. And I find this surprisingly every week I meet someone who thinks they know who their audience is and they're either drastically wrong or just partially wrong. And audiences also evolve. So just because you know who your audience was a couple of summers ago, you need to check that stuff and you need to have. And I I think that's why people like you are so valuable to people is to, you know, when you're a musician or manager or a label rep or distribution or whatever it is, you've only got so many hours in a day, right? Mm -hmm. And you should be concentrating on a lot of things, you know, writing great music, doing great performances, all that. And when you get to a point, you're going to need a professional to kind of take over and and help you with those things. I know, you know, I've done it, Michael's done it, and it sounds like you're making a pretty good business out of it. Yeah, oh, the number one line I always hear is, I'm just an artist, I want to focus on my music, I don't want to do this, please help. But it's a full-time job. If that's all you want to be, you're not going to be successful. I'm sorry. I mean, you've got to understand the business. Not at all. Katie, if if somebody who can't bring somebody like us in to help them and is doing this themselves, what would you say are like the three most important data points? Let's just use Facebook. In Facebook, you go into your insights. What are the three most important data points to, to pay attention to? Because as we know, there's a million data points in there that could blow your mind and scare you away from ever using it. But if you were to say, go look at one, two, and three and do that once a week, what would it be? So I actually think that's going to be a little bit different for everyone. Um, I, you know, when I onboard new clients, I actually kind of say, hey, if I gave you 50 bucks for a Facebook ad right now, because everyone wants growth, everyone wants engagement, they want it all, but different things achieve those different goals. So if I give you 50 bucks right now, would you do a page likes ad, a, you know, a brand awareness ad or an engagement ad? And it's different for everyone. If you're trying to grow, you know, I have some clients who are trying to just pure number grow their Uh, page. So booking agents will pay more attention or brand awareness because they have a new album coming out. It is going to be absolutely different for everyone. Um, What I will say is my, my favorite engagement point is uh, my favorite analytic point is engagement because if you have, you know, 5,000 followers, but they all are diehard fans, that's probably more than the guy with 1,600, 16,000 followers. Let me interrupt you just for a second, Katie, explain to people what engagement means. Yeah. So engagement is basically any action they take on your post, commenting, liking, sharing. Obviously, commenting is going to be more important. That's the most valuable. It takes the most you know, emotional labor and the most time. Um, but interacting with you in any way is engagement. And I think that that shows them taking the time to do that. That shows that they are a loyal fan. And to me, that is more important than anybody else, anything else. 
I, I, I would add, and you're right, engagement is, is right up there because if, they, if they're not engaging the way the algorithm works, nobody else is going to see it. Um, if you are uh, a new band who's building your audience, I think it's very important to pay attention to the demographics data. Absolutely. Because, because as a new, yeah. new artist, you probably think you might know, oh, it's mainly men, it's mainly women, right. or they're... They all exactly. live here. And if, you're, and if you are running some sort of page, bo page boost or like or any sort of campaign, you want to see where the data is coming in. Because I've had clients who brought me in after they had somebody do this. And I'm like, you know, you're a band based out of Denver. And for whatever reason, all of your page likes are coming from Brazil. Mm -hmm. And the number one f language is not English. Right. Have you ever played there? Have you ever gotten? No. I'm like, okay, so something's, I wouldn't necessarily immediately say something's wrong, but something is making me go, what's happening? Right. Yeah. And and you need, to, you need to pay attention to that type of stuff because you could find out your audience is somewhere that you had no idea they were. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's important, Michael. And I also think that when you're looking at that number, Facebook shows you this is where Facebook um, people are, you know, in a demographic. And you can see how you align with Facebook if you're underperforming or overperforming, whether it's gender, age, whatever. And that's kind of important, too. You know, yeah. so knowing the different demographics where your audience is at. But, you know, the age and gender a lot of times I work with artists who think they know who their fans are. And typically mm -hmm. they'll find out, you know, there's this one artist I was working with that thought their base was female because they saw these young females at the show. Right. And, but as far as engagement goes, their, their fans were really older males. Yeah. Well, and that's something I actually have to explain a lot is when I do the research and I, you know, present my findings, this is your audience. It, what I do is I find your audience online and that might not be your audience offline. Um, you, you know, Facebook viewers, uh, female. So you might have more females just because Facebook is mostly female, obviously not mostly it's, it's a very fine line, but, uh, on Facebook, your audience might be very different from what it is, what, from what you're seeing at shows or who's buying your album. You know, it's, so it's, it's uh, when I say, you know, oh, it's 76% female and they're like, no, it's not. Look at the shows. I'm like, yes, but you're, I do, I do Facebook and what I'm targeting is your audience on Facebook. Yeah, so it can be I, very different. Yeah. And one of the things I look at really closely is engagements like you do. And what I typically find is demographically engagements are different than the people who follow you. So you'll look at a chart that'll say, by, by territory, it'll say, you know, your fans are 75% in the US. But then you look at the engagements chart and you'll go, yeah, but most of your engagements are coming from the UK, Japan, whatever. Exactly. So you kind of have to look at all of that data. Are there any, any um, instances you, you'd be prepared to talk about where people are kind of doing it wrong in your opinion, where people, you kind of have to take them aside and say, you know, this might not be the best way to, to attack, you know, social media. I can't think of anybody specifically, but something I see a lot specifically with things like press, um, which obviously you want to share is just kind of putting the link on, on the channel and calling it a day and saying, thanks, you know, at KTLA or whatever it is. Um, not only does the link kind of, 
encouraged you to leave Facebook, which Facebook doesn't like. So it will dock your reach. Um, it's just not engaging. And usually people use a lot of the autofill. Um, so when you, yeah. you know, you type in the link, that little photo and the headline comes up, that's usually not awesome content. Um, mm-hmm. and it just looks really sloppy. And for me, when I see it, the first thing I see is almost like an ad or, or something that I didn't ask for. Uh, so yeah. I like to, again, repurpose that into a quote, a pull quote image or a video or, or use some sort of engaging graphic that's relevant and then put the link. Um, some people go Smart. as far as to put the link in the comments. Um, but but that's a, one of the number one things that I see is just links, yeah. links, links. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you use any of the, you know, there's a lot of services, you know, um, Buffer, Hootsuite, Socially mm-hmm. Stacked. I mean, there's, you know, Sprout. There's tons of these. And, and, and I'd love to get your opinion on this because, you know, you talk to some folks at Facebook and they'll tell you that that can actually work against you to mm-hmm. use kind of a posting, um, you know, platform. Right. But sometimes for a new developing artist that doesn't have maybe the funds to hire somebody yet, they, they need that help to kind of help them space things out and then they can go in after the fact and boost it or whatnot. What yeah. are your thoughts on those kind of platforms? I, I mean, I think you kind of do what you got to do. Uh, if that's what you really need and you, you will get docked because you're using a third-party tool, if that's going to help you run a successful ch- social channel at the end of the day, fine. There's so many little things that will dock you that you can't follow them all. It's impossible. But I I personally don't really love using them aside from analytics. Uh, Facebook scheduling tool is more than fine for me and it still kind of gets the job of getting in front of it. Um, and Facebook does a lot on its own and it's made very, very sure of that. Uh, so, it, you know, I don't knock anybody using those tools. I just prefer native uploads and just doing it and scheduling it myself. Uh, but uh-huh. I but I do understand how they help. You know, you- I, 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 I would add, you know, early on when and, 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 and to your point, you do what you got to do. You're like, you know, I just I'm doing it myself. I don't have all the time to manually post everywhere else. Something like a Hootsuite is great. It It gets your content out there and it gets it done. But then mm-hmm. what I found is once you've learned, you've readjusted your lifestyle, your workflow, that creating content is not the hassle it was. Mm-hmm. Then you all of a sudden realize, well, you know what? There's a lot of little issues I don't like right. about using Hootsuite. One post to go everywhere doesn't allow you to properly tag in every platform. Exactly. And and so all of a sudden you're like, well, now I do I do have the luxury of more time because I've done calendars and everything else that I can make the native Facebook post and properly mm-hmm. tag that and do what what's designed to take advantage of Facebook. And, mm-hmm. you know, well, here's the perfect example. I mean, Facebook, we all know this. If, if somebody throws 40 hashtags on a Facebook post, I'm not even reading it. Not no. even reading your post. Done. Yeah. But on <laughs> Instagram, you, you want a lot of hashtags. Mm-hmm. And Twitter... Well, it kind of falls between both of them. You so might not have room. <laughs> you could run out of text for your main mesh. So, so yeah. that you know, little things like that, where you're like, and, and and we've all seen this too, where somebody who tags somebody on Twitter, but it's not the same tag on Facebook, and now the Facebook post reads at something, and I'm like, 
I don't know. Uh, what, yeah. what, what does that mean? So you learn those little things that it's like, all right, it's not worth it anymore. I will yeah. manually post to Twitter. I will manually post to Instagram. I'll manually post to Facebook. Yeah, well, and the same goes for content as well. Nobody, if you have the same content that's going out on, on all three channels or all of your channels, there's no reason for me to follow you on Twitter because I can see it on Instagram and Facebook and it actually gets annoying, um, which which I think really overwhelms a lot of people. They're thinking, oh my God, I have to create content for three different channels. Um, but press is a perfect example. I will take a poll quote and make it a graphic and that's my Instagram post. Um, you know, I'll, I'll upload a photo and, and link it on facebook on twitter i'll just link it it's it's not it's again repurposing you just got to shift everything just a little bit to fit each platform because they're different people and they're different practices yeah yeah that's a good point yeah because i i yeah. hate it when i go and see that someone's posting the exact same thing you know day and date on mm -hmm. facebook twitter instagram um yeah. i know that some people will link their socials because mm -hmm. let's say that you've only got time to do Facebook, we'll say. And so they'll link it. So it just automatically posts to Twitter. And, and I get that. It looks a little weird. Sometimes it doesn't, it's not formatted properly a lot of times, but I wonder if that's better than just only doing Facebook and not being on any other social, you know? Uh, I don't know. That's my pet peeve. <laughs> it's yeah. so obvious. It's obvious not only to me, but to fans. And it, it, to me, it looks lazy. And if, if you're going to post the same thing because you have to, post it. <laughs> don't link it. Natively. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. You know, I, I think uh, I, I agree. It's so obvious when people do that. But again, I think it comes down to you got to do what you got to do when you're getting started here. Yeah. And, you know... Hopefully you're learning as you get more experience with this and you realize, yes, unlink Facebook and Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, for, first of all, here's what I will say is never link Twitter to automatically post to Facebook. Just don't do that. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> don't do that ever because, yeah. again, the Twitter IDs don't carry over. No. Facebook posting to Twitter well, you know, the big problem there is you can post a lot more content in a Facebook update than you can yeah. in a Twitter one. So you might lose some of the important messaging when it comes to Twitter. Mm -hmm. But I do get the you got to do what you got to do sometimes to get it done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, don't don't do it just because day. you're lazy. Let's put it that way. Just yeah. Yeah. If that's all it is, is because you're lazy, then then you're yeah. you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Katie, when when people are starting out, they may not be able to afford to have someone like you help them. Is there a certain kind of threshold or, you know, how, how do you think, you know, getting new clients, um, wh what point should they be looking for somebody to kind of step in like you to kind of help yeah. guide them? Honestly, it's 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 a personal thing. It's when you're ready. Um, I I of course appreciate that it is a full-time job that calendar and, and creating and posting and even just saying what you should or should be doing analytics everything it's it's a lot more than i think people give it credit for and just just doing it best practices but doing it right is so hard so but but some artists you know eight million facebook likes they like doing it on their own so it's really just a personal when you feel like you can't manage or it's affecting what you're actually doing, um, then it's time to start looking. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. So where can people find you? Um, if somebody wants to learn more about you and yeah. maybe follow you on socials or maybe see your website, where can people find you, Katie? I'm at www.bluebiscuitdigital.com and Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, I know. See the alliteration. <laughs> and then just at Blue Biscuit Digital on Instagram and then Facebook as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, this has been a fascinating conversation, uh, yeah. Katie. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy day to, to talk with us. Of course. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, guys. It, it's funny. You know, the, the Music Biz Weekly podcast started seven years ago. And... Mm -hmm. It was all about the basics back then. It was just talking yeah. about the basics, which seven years ago people were not paying attention to. And I don't know what it says that seven years later we still have to talk about the basics. And it, it's true, and it's not even just with socials. It's with everything. Uh, with websites, even though things are evolving and they're not maybe the same uh, vehicle that they once were. I find that even with streaming, um, even though it hasn't been around that long, I'm re-teaching the same basics and then building on top of that. And I think that's just the way it's always going to be. You know, people are busy. They remember the things that they can remember, and then they develop bad habits. And 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 I think... Part of what I've I saw, and this was like six or seven years ago, and this still it's even more of a problem now is there's so many experts who have done white papers and research studies that say this is exactly what you've got to do and don't do and blah 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 right. that that people are looking for the quick solution. Yeah. And and I always used to say I I, I remember this I did a keynote um, years ago over in Oslo. And one of the other speakers was like, well, you know, our studies have found that the, the optimum times to make your posts on social oh, media are God. this hour, this hour, this hour, and this hour. And and offline, I was telling somebody, I'm like, well, that factually, that's correct. But if you don't even know how to post once a day, it doesn't matter what hour you're posting. You're just not even posting. Right. Just get to that. Get to the point of that you can actually post that you the can basics that you can create the content that you've got enough to post once a day, and if yeah. if if you can post once a day for three months, regardless of what hour it is, I guarantee you you're going to see yeah, a, 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 you're going to see a positive benefit. But then you can start looking at the finer details of going. Okay, I don't need to worry about creating content now. I'm going to look at getting more out of my content of am I right. doing it at the right time, the yeah. wrong time. I think that's absolutely right, Michael. And I think that from looking at the analytics, as long as I have, I can also tell you that what he says may be factually true for a general audience, but it varies. You know, I work just like you do with multiple genres. A hard rock band is going to have a certain kind of posting um, activity um, reaction Whereas jazz is adult, a little older, is going to have a little bit different, you know. And so it's you can't just say every artist posts on these days and these times. That's why you have all these analytics. So you can kind of go in and go, wow, most people, you know, I'm getting a bigger audience on weekends or it's midweek or early in the morning or whatever. Well, you know, you, and you can't just paint it with a broad brush. You, you can't take somebody else's research and just apply it to you because this is where you have to then go look at your own demographics and go, well, most of my audience is over in Europe, not in the U.S. 
So why would yeah. I why would I post something at at lunchtime in the U.S. when that's yeah, the wrong time in Europe? You know, you're nine know, hours ahead or you, whatever. You know, yeah. the, and the dem, you know, you might even be posting in the wrong language. Uh, you know, anal- the the insights in Facebook will tell you the languages that your followers speak. Yeah. You know, pay attention to that stuff and let that guide you. It's always good to read up and follow what people are saying and doing, but I guess what I'm saying is don't take that as gospel. Because mm-hmm. everything you do has to be custom to you and your audience Agreed. and and, yeah. and your goals and your plans. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Always another good conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh quick shout out, hypebot.com. Thank you. Everybody head over there. And Music Biz Weekly Podcast, we'll see you next week.